You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Hey, welcome back to the Simple Growth Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here, a uh, little bit of a hiatus. I uh, took some time off with things crazy around the holidays and the crazy south season here, but uh, want to get back at it and provide some valuable content for the lawn and landscape industry as well as snow removal. We've got a special guest here, uh, Danny Collinson of uh, Blades of Green Lawn Care out of Maryland. And uh, Danny has been gracious enough to join me on Facebook Live here and just absolutely press the knowledge she brings to our industry. And specifically, we're going to be talking about recruiting and retention in the digital age. So um, kind of a quick preview of what we're going to have uh, coming up here shortly, uh, a few months from now. And the dates are going to be um, in February, the 19th, 20th, and 21st, I'm going to be uh, meeting Danny down in Orlando, Florida for the Lawn and Landscape uh, Technology Conference. So the first annual Lawn and Landscape Technology Conference uh, going to be in Orlando, February 19th, 20th, and 21st. I'll put some links here um, during the uh, interview here to be able to check that out. But uh, Danny's going to be uh, one of the, the heavy hitters on stage, and she just packs a bunch of knowledge and about the technology shift of where recruiting, training, and onboarding is going in the digital age. So, um, Danny, if people have never heard of you before, they don't know who you are, um, would you mind just letting us know how you cut your teeth in the green industry and kind of uh, what you do over there at um, Blades of Green Lawn? Yeah, sure. So I've been in the industry for about six and a half years now. Um, I'm actually more on the pest control side of the business now. I've kind of worked my way into quite a few different areas uh, within the company over the last uh, six and a half years. So I was in the office and did a little bit on the lawn side, and now I'm primarily on the pest and plant health care side of the business. Um, however, I have quite a bit of experience um, with the really kind of growing a culture. Um, so one of the things with we're located in Maryland um, that we have a hiring issue with um, was we're competing against a lot of the government um, and the unions that all work for the government. So we kind of knew we would never be able to compete with the pay and with the benefits that these government agencies and unions are able to provide. So we knew we had to do something to make ourselves stand out. So we really focused on the culture and being able to recruit and retain great people um, for the industry. And um, that's really where our niche is, is finding um, great people and then finding ways to really keep them here and keep them engaged um, within the company. Awesome. And I know uh, before we really dive into the meat and potatoes of this, uh, just right now going into 2020, the, the unemployment in most areas, most markets that we're working in are, are, are all-time lows. Um, and to add to that, uh, one of the things I'm curious your take on it, if it's something that's affected you or the companies around you, is the, um, the H2B scene has changed and, and they're basically put into categories now. So a lot of folks in my inner circle have been put into the D group. Um, and there is an absolute scramble. So I'm wondering if, if even maybe at your place of work, uh, are you going to be affected by the fact that maybe a lot of your competitors now are maybe in that D group and they're scrambling for local workforce when they originally were relying on that H2B, um, ladies and gentlemen from Mexico, Guatemala, and different areas for the seasonal work help. Um, so I don't know if you want to kind of touch on the unemployment rate, how that's kind of affected you. And in addition, uh, do you see any direct effect with um, some of the new changes in H2B, even if you don't use it? Is that going to affect the ability of a, a lawn care or um, pest control company to actually go out and recruit and train um, a workforce for this upcoming season? Yeah, so um, 
the unemployment rates are definitely low in our area and in most um, of our surrounding areas. It's about 3.5%. Um, and I know they're expecting it to continue to drop down even lower. Um, so they're saying 2020, it's going to drop down another um, uh, percentage point. So we will certainly see how it affects, um, you know, everything for us. I don't know if we've seen too much direct impact um, with, you know, everything that's going on. I think that's affecting more of the southern states at this point, um, where it hasn't quite transitioned this far north for us just yet. I'm sure we will eventually see some of the impacts. Um, and one of the things that we're really doing um, to try to kind of find people and f try to get ahead of that um, is we're doing a lot of recruiting and hiring even right now, which is um, considered more of our off season, especially for the lawn care side of the business, um, where typically we wouldn't start really pushing hiring until the end of February, beginning of March. Um, and we've been, our HR team has been wonderful and they've been plugging away all winter long, um, even bringing people in um, to start now where normally we would hire them and have them wait till the season kicks off. Um, we've been finding odd jobs for them to do in the warehouse, um, even having them assist with some of our recruiting needs. Um, so even though there may be a technician or even our sales staff having them really help with trying to source candidates and read resumes, do phone interviews, um, things like that to really be able to help us get uh, through the list a little bit faster than what we typically would have been able to get through. Um, and that's we've seen huge results um, so far with that. Absolutely love it. So I know one of the things that uh, we did in my lawn care company as well is we called it uh, basically stacking the virtual bench. So we'd constantly go out and recruit um, for every position in the company, whether we needed that person or not. So when we were ready to um, either hit that spring rush or if we had somebody in the field and they weren't a good fit, we needed to either coach them up or coach them out. Uh, we basically had that virtual bench. So and a lot of times in our company, we fell into the the bad habit of hiring the first person to the door with a pulse or maybe even half a pulse at some 10 points. Um, and that obviously didn't work out. But as we're diving into kind of mentioning virtual bench and things, all things technology, what that makes me think of is this new generation of millennials. And um, I was wondering if you have any insight of how do we go out and recruit that younger millennial um, worker? Is there some things that you can uh, teach us about to actually be successful with that millennial worker? Because I know at Callahan's, um, it was significantly different than it was with the the other ge generations of the past. Things the game is changing, is, is what I would say. So um, I'll kind of leave you the floor there. But is, how, how are you attacking that younger generation? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the game is definitely changing. It's definitely a different world, especially with the unemployment market so low. They're not actively seeking you. You have to be actively seeking them. And once you do actively seek them, you have to be make it convenient for them um, and make it beneficial and worth their while and really be able to sell it to them. Um, if you don't have video um, ads, basically, then you're not in that game, essentially. So, you know, you got to try to draw them to your website, have great cultural related videos, pictures, um, anything visual to really show your culture. Um, and that's what's going to draw them in, really. Um, so and get creative with your ads. You know, if you're posting job ads, it's got to draw their attention. Um, otherwise, they're just going to keep scrolling, you know, right on past you um, to the next one. So, you know, we try to do catchy titles. For instance, um, I'll share one that we had. It was, do you like beer or do you drink beer? Um, you know, were some different ones that we tried. And, you know, who doesn't like beer or some form of um, that kind of thing? And we specifically asked our team, like, we did polls. What kind of things do you guys like? What are your hobbies? Um, do you like hunting? A lot of our team members liked hunting. So we knew that finding people with these similar hobbies would 
potentially work out well and fit into the mold of our team. Um, so we did different polls and did different creative ads to get people to want to click on our job ads, um, as well as going out and actively looking for them. So searching keywords um, of similar things that we found on our current team's uh, resumes and going out on Indeed and other um, hiring sources and actively looking for them. Um, and then, like I said, really being able to support your culture to get them to want to come in an interview and want to stay once they get there. Um, and like I said, making it convenient, it's got to be easy for them. Um, you know, I myself am a millennial. Um, so, you know, I mean that with the best of intentions and, you know, we're busy. We've got, you know, things to do. We like to enjoy life. Um, we're a little bit different generation than, you know, wanting to just work all the time, knowing that it would pay off in the end. We want to work to be able to enjoy life now. Um, and I would say that's one of the bigger differentiating factors between the millennials and some of the previous generations where they knew they had to work hard now so they could play later in life um, where we want to work and play now. Um, so, you know, we do things like FaceTime videos for interviews. Um, and, you know, a lot of because a lot of these people are currently working, um, you know, it's not easy for them to take off work and they don't want to use a day off to come do an interview. They want to use their day off to do something fun. So trying to find ways to digitally be able to do those interviews and eliminate them having to take off work and come in or accommodate an evening interview, an early or, uh, morning interview or a weekend interview, um, whatever you can to accommodate their schedule and really do it on their time versus doing it on our time. Wow. At least two things there that, that blew me away. Another one, I definitely want to come back to the FaceTime video. But um, one thing that got me thinking about that is um, you, you talked about culture and um, how that plays in there. So um, obviously we don't want to give away your talk, but just, I, I know culturally, at least in, in both of my companies, culture has been a huge thing in defining that mission, vision, values, and getting that, um, especially that millennial work for, worker to, a, to basically attach to more than a paycheck. Um, so at that point, I was almost an absentee owner, but uh, we had some major uh, churn or loss of employees after the summer season when we went into the plow season. And these were key people we wanted to um, basically keep. So finally, I jumped back in the saddle. I said, hey, you know, guys and girls, like, let's let's have a quick talk. Like, is it is it the guy who's running the business? Like, no, he's OK. You know, we don't love him. We don't hate him. But he's a great guy. Is it the company? No, the company's great. Is the paycheck? No, the paycheck's great. But that's all it is. Um, and that was the light bulb moment that, wait a minute, something's changed. Just not having a paycheck is enough. Um, and I know once we changed the culture and really started to talk about the things we did and we believed in, we were getting a good three to five years out of these ladies and gentlemen that that were, were the part of the people who wanted to build the business on. So um, I'm curious uh, what if there's one or two things that somebody's watching that could take away of, is how do how do we instill that culture in either the onboarding process or maybe as front as right up into the interview or maybe the ads and different things you're running up front to uh, drive a cultural connection or alignment almost. Yeah. So, you know, as far as the, you know, before they even get in the door thing, you know, having that your website um, be spot on and really have pictures, videos, images to really drive your culture through your website and through your Facebook. Um, so we use our Facebook page more so to drive our culture than we do for driving our services. Um, we do have a lot of clients that follow our Facebook um, as well. But instead of using it as a marketing strategy, we use really use it as a hiring tool. Um, and what customer doesn't want to do business with someone where they see that the employees are having fun and being taken care of? Because if your employees are happy and 
you know, the people that are doing your service are happy, typically they're going to do a better job on your property. Um, so we really utilize that aspect. And then once they come here, um, we really try to make it welcoming and inviting. So we have a parking spot out front um, that says future team member parking for them to be able to park in. Um, and then when they as soon as they walk in the door, there's a big welcome sign that says their name on it um, when they come in for their first interview or their second interview. Um, and then even on their first day, we have a big sign that says their name on it um, for when they come in. Um, as well as we have company dashboards. So we have TVs hanging in every department where we cast um, our dashboards. Um, and on that front dashboard, it also has their name. It says welcome with their name. And then not only does that make it so they can see it, but also so every other employee in the company also knows who's going to be in the building. So if they see a strange face, they know their name so they can greet that person and talk to them. And it makes it really have that intimate custom feel um, that we really care about them, even though they may just be an applicant here for their first interview. Wow, that's amazing. And the other thing you said that really stuck out was marketing. So if I'm making some inferences, um, you're approaching your employee recruiting process almost like a sales game. You, you've mentioned things about social media, running ads, pictures, videos. Um, the buying habits right now of, of, of the new buyer right now is engaging with online media such as Instagram or Facebook videos, pictures when you're doing those paid ads. That, am I making the, maybe the right assumption that maybe you're taking your employee recruiting almost as a, a marketing game? Um, that's exactly what we're doing, Mike. Yeah, so that's exactly, exactly what we're doing. Um, so we look at everything for hiring and recruiting um, and retention as a sales approach, basically. Um, so a lot of companies are really great at tracking every dollar and down to the penny of what they spend for marketing ads and things like that. But we do the exact same approach with hiring and recruiting. So we know exactly what it costs per um, applicant in the door. Um, we know what ads or close at a higher rate or, you know, we hire at a higher rate on, um, we know which uh, websites work best, um, Indeed, Monster, Craigslist, whichever um, the case may be, we know exactly, you know, down to everything, um, what works well, as well as employee referrals is one of the um, highest that we get, you know, closing on. That's applicants. that's huge, um, and that's it's very similar to what we did at Callahan's. I think you may have taken it the next level, um, and maybe a little too forward asking, but I, I'm wondering: is there a direct correlation of uh, similar to the sales cycle? So you've got your how many leads or how many applicants come down for each source, how many convert into an actual employee. Now, technically, applying in the sales end of it, um, and you've got your acquisition costs. Have you guys ever tracked the actual, uh, not necessarily the lifetime value, but the lifetime longevity? Of, of those different um, lead sources? Is that something you've ever looked at just out of pure curiosity? Yeah, nope, we track that as well. Um, so, yep, we know there's not much of a statistic that we don't know when it comes to our sales approach or our um, applicant tracking approach um, and employee tracking. Um, so we pretty much track all of that and we utilize that data in how we get our applicants. So we're spending money in the right way. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want a free guide to secrets of simple growth automation? Head over to www.startsimplegrowth.com and click Get Started. We'll deliver our guide to your messenger. Plus, enter to win a free Estimator chatbot.
Awesome. So you, you've really defined the cost of a new hire through your basically your recruiting pipeline and onboarding pipeline, which is huge because in my opinion, at least business is fun when you know the numbers. It's, it's just a math game. So if we're putting X amount of dollars for each one of these uh, online recruiting places, plus so much on referrals, um, statistically, if you know those numbers, you should be able to stack that that bench or virtual bench, um, as sometimes it's called, before that season happens to come. So that's um, I see labor right now is one of the biggest risks. And Tim, Tim, as he uh, is watching here, Graham Stoff, great guy, um, owns a company up in Massachusetts. He has a quick question. I know you're obviously not in the, uh, the northern region. I'm curious your, your, your take on this. Um, talking about hiring the offseason, if you don't have much or any work during the winter, which has been a very slow winter for the snow belt, for sure, uh, even mm-hmm. being in the third highest snow market in the whole United States here, it hasn't really snowed much. Um, how do you get them back to commit to actually showing up uh, when the season kicks up, kicks off. So you said you have a bit of a, uh, your kind of transitional area and that it slows down a little bit. Do you have any tips or tricks how to get those employees that aren't getting many hours or maybe laid off back uh, when that season's about to kick off? Yeah. So we actually do lay off employees. So we don't do any snow removal um, with our company. So our lawn technicians, we call it a winter break. Um, so layoff has kind of a derogatory um, connotation to it. So we've changed that terminology to winter break. And ultimately, our techs have earned it. So most of them are working on average, you know, 50 hours a week during peak season, if not more than that at times. Um, so most of them, they truly have deserved and earned that break. Um, so they typically go on layoff um, on New Year's Eve, and then they come back usually around the 15th of February. So it's about a six-week layoff um, or break. And we help them through the entire process. So we help them with filling out their unemployment application. Um, We pay for their healthcare during the time that they are on layoff. So that way they don't have any lapse in coverage with that. Um, We pause their uniform. So there's no fees for any of that or anything. Um, So we really try to make it convenient for them. Um, And any that do have, so we take a survey um, prior to the winter break, a couple months prior. And that way, any that will have a financial um, struggle during that time frame, we can help work out something with them. So a lot of them will stay on to do oil changes on all of our trucks. They service all of our equipment, all of the spray tanks, um, and get everything ready for that next season as well. And that's what we're doing with these new hires that we're hiring before the season kicks off um, that don't want to wait until um, the winter break ends. We're having them help out in the warehouse with those things as well. Um, something that we've explored doing um, but haven't really felt the need at this point is doing a um, like a bonus when they come back. Uh, but at this point, we haven't really needed it. Um, so last year, all of our technicians came back from that layoff period. That's awesome. And sometimes that uh, we've done that uh, early season re-sign on bonus, and that's a double-edged sword for sure because you have some individuals that come just grab the bonus and leave. So I don't blame exactly. you on it. So if anybody's watching, I would uh, – Tread with caution on that one. It will work, but it will also uh, backfire on you there. Um, yep. Danny, I really appreciate you spending the time here. I know you you have a very compressed schedule and just running uh, the things over there at Blades of Green Lawn Care. So I've got one or two more questions before we wrap this up. And if anybody has sure. any questions, um, either live or in the recorded version, feel free to drop this. And Danny and I are going to keep an eye on these questions here for the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, yep. Once again, Danny's going to be uh, one of the, the headline speakers at the Lawn and Landscape Magazine um, technology conference coming up here in Orlando. It's going to be February 19th, 20th, and 21st. So if you want to come get out of your business where the season really ramps up and see what the leaders of the lawn care industry are doing, 
as far as technology, um, we'd love to see you down there. Um, but Danny's been gracious enough to kind of give us a little preview of what she's going to be diving into just a taste. But um, there's going to be yeah, some definitely. massive headliners with some big, big companies down there in Orlando in February. So looking forward to see everybody uh, joining Danny and myself down there. Um, so as we're talking about these millennial workers, I couldn't think uh, to mention and kind of think of is you're talking about Facebook and Instagram and all the different things you're doing and all the technology on the TV screens. Uh, one of the big trends that we have been kind of seeing in the recruiting and more of the training and onboarding process is uh, gamifying. Is that something that you guys have, have, have experimented with or something already doing? Um, and anybody who's not familiar, what what is gamifying the onboarding or recruiting process? Yeah, so we definitely utilize gamifying with everything we do from recruiting to um, getting, especially with our employee referral recruiting um, thing. So I'll talk a little bit about that aspect of it first. Um, so right now we're currently running a contest. So just to put in perspective, we're looking to hire 40 um, new technicians um, by about mid-April. Um, so it's pretty large scale um, hiring uh, effort that we're working on currently. Um, so we have a company-wide contest going called Cruise for Interviews. Um, and basically we are um, encouraging our employees to try to find good people. So it doesn't have to be someone that they necessarily know personally or have been best friends with for years. It's just anyone that they receive great service from. So we're ultimately looking for great people. Um, so if they go to a restaurant and they have an awesome waitress or waiter, um, just, you know, we have little cards that say wanted and show a little bit about our culture on them um, and just kind of throwing it out there to people and, you know, really trying to get them to, you know, want to look for another culture or a new industry, um, you know, waitresses and waiters, especially they work long hours, weekends, things like that. Um, so really just trying to find great people and then incentivizing our employees to take the extra effort to be able to look for those great people, essentially. Um, so the way the contest works is we are doing points for them just coming in the door and doing an interview. And then we use a program called AwardCo um, where we can actually pay out um, and then they purchase prizes and things like that. Um, so we do, they're called Fred points for us. Um, and so they get incentivized as the people go through the hiring process. So they get points for them coming on board. And then once they have been hired, they get points. And then once they've worked here for a period of time, so they get paid out at six months um, and then again at one year. Um, so they get incremental pay, but it ends up being about $2,100 total that a employee can get for referring another employee. Um, and we really figured out that cost or that value by what it costs to get a new person in the door. So through all of our tracking um, on hiring and recruiting, we figured out that that's what the average applicant costs. So we would much rather pay that out to our current employees instead of paying it to Indeed or other sourcing efforts. Absolutely love it. And once again, just a non-emotional number that you need. Um, want to say what's up to Tim, Jeff, and uh, Jim, uh, one, of the, one of the great members here, great business owner. It looks like he's watching. He wants to know what kind of questions are you asking in the interview? And if I heard you right, Danny, you're you actually looking to onboard 40 new employees here by April. So um, I, I guess as a, as a word of encouragement to anybody watching right now that um, is being hit by the, the labor shortage or H2B or anything else, or you're just looking to go and blow out the doors of the business sales-wise, um, Danny's proof in the pudding here that, that this can be done. It has been done if you approach it in a systematic business way. 
Um, so as we wrap it up, Danny, do you have any words of encouragement or uh, what are the questions are you, are you asking these applicants? And, and, and I guess maybe um, tying into the question is, are you tailoring um, to the diversity of your applicant pool, the, the questions or the, the um, recruiting or the onboarding process? Yeah, so our onboarding process is pretty extensive. Um, some would probably say that it's too extensive. Um, however, you know, we really want to try to make sure that we find people that are not only the right fit for us, but that we're the right fit for them. So we invest a lot of money um, into getting people in the door as well as training them um, like all most other business owners do as well. Plus, you know, if they were a referral, we've already paid $2,100 um, to get them in the door as well. So we want to make sure that they're the right fit. Um, so we do have very specific questions that we ask them a lot about whether um, their team and how they work on a team. Um, and we make them provide examples um, as well as, you know, examples of how they've gone above and beyond the call of duty for clients in the past. Um, you know, examples from even when they were in school of being, you know, working together on a team, whether it be a sporting team or um, a group, um, whatever the case may be. Um and so we do a phone interview, then we do an in-person interview, um, and then we do a second interview that includes a working interview. So that way they really get to get out in the truck with the technicians and see firsthand what it is that we'd be asking them to do to make sure that it's really the right fit for them. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, my mind is blown. I can't wait to see it. Um, it's going to be in Orlando. We're looking at the uh, February 19th, 20th, and 21st, sunny Orlando, if you're in the Northeast uh, or the North right now, the snow belt uh, might be not a, uh, a winter break, but more of a spring break here coming up from the cold. Um, Danny, any closing thoughts? Any, if anybody has questions or any, any um, things for you, is there any way they can reach out to you or are you going to be available for comments and questions actually probably better off at the lawn and landscape uh, conference? Are you going to be there the whole time? I will. I'll be there. Um, I actually be flying in on the 18th. So I'll be there from the 18th till um, later that evening on the 21st. Um, and I hope that everyone comes out and not just sees me, but sees all the other speakers there. Um, I've talked to some of the other speakers and sounds like everyone has some awesome things planned. Um, and really, if you're looking to really scale your business and take on more of a technology approach and become more efficient, I would say this is definitely the place that you want to be. Yeah, can't thank you enough. I think Brian Horn and the whole Lawn and Landscape Magazine, GIE Media, uh, has done one heck of a job. Um, and, and just going to the top 100 uh, in Dallas last year and the other events that they've had, uh, it's nothing but a first-class event. So if you're looking to um, accelerate your technology and your learning and go out, out learn and out-adapt your competition, um, looking to see everyone in Orlando, 19th, 20th, and 21st. And if you have these questions, um, feel free to drop them here in the Facebook feed. But even better yet, why don't you come down and uh, meet Danny in person amongst the other superstar speakers and uh, get some live interaction as well. So Danny, I know it's Friday afternoon. I want to thank you again and um, we'll see you down in Orlando. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.